And what I realized is that we use shopping for all, to fill all these different pieces. So I actually called this, this book is based on what I call the clutter magnets. So okay. they're like these little, it's like, I see these little holes inside kind of our heart and our soul. And you're like, oh, I'll feel better if I go shopping. If I buy a bunch of stuff, I'll feel better because shopping gives us a dopamine hit. Yeah. Um, and what I talk about in the book is that the stuff and the shopping won't fix it. It just won't fix it. And oh. what we really want is human connection, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and so I did a big, big research on the science of happiness and kind of how to up your happiness. And at the end of the day, it's all the things we know. Hey there, I'm Renee, a former shopping addict turned minimalist mindset guru. In three years, I went from totally broke and burnt out to debt-free minimalist. Learning to simplify every area of my life, both inside and out, saved my marriage, gave me the time back to live my life how I wanted to, and allowed me to love myself like never before. Looking back, the only thing I wish I had had was a friend to share the journey with me. That is my hope for the Unstuffed podcast. This is a place where you can shake off the need to people please and show up as your authentic self, even if you're still wearing yesterday's sweatpants. Think of this as a standing coffee date with an old friend whose only job is to hear you out, hype you up, remind you that you are already enough and doesn't mind if your house is a mess. Let's keep this simple. Life is complicated enough. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, it's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. I am so excited to be bringing you an amazing, super fun, lighthearted interview today with someone who is so aligned with my version of minimalism, it makes my heart skip a beat. I'm going to be talking with acclaimed founder of Declutterfy and the author of brand new book, Make Space for Happiness, How to Stop Attracting Clutter and Start Magnetizing the Life You Want. We're going to be talking to Tracy McCubbin. We're going to talk about all things like crazy organization, shopping problems, and what our stuff is really telling us. This is going to be an amazing episode, so make sure you are ready to tune in, have some giggles, and some really big heartfelt moments too. So hi, Tracy. Hi, Renee. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> good. So I was reading and learning a little bit more about you. And I heard that you always considered yourself pretty organized, which is quite the opposite of me. Have you always been this way, like from childhood? You know, it took me a long time to put the pieces together, but I am the child of a hoarder. My dad is an extreme, extreme hoarder. I didn't really live with him while I was growing up. My parents split when I was young, but his chaos was always happening. We were always very involved in it and it was always storage units and where was he living and getting oh, kicked man. out of places. And so I think that my organization, I don't think I know now because I have a client who's a psychiatrist who told me, okay. but <laughs> I think that my organization was always trying to sort of make order out of chaos. That if I could keep my things, I was going back and forth as a divorced kid. If I can keep my things organized, if I know where my things are, um, it, it was born out of that. And then, you know, also because I saw my dad still to this day, 
struggle so much with his relationship with stuff. It just consumed him that when I opened my organizing business, Declutterfly, I mean, by the way, the funny thing is all this realization came about 10 years into having my business. It's not like I was like, oh, I'm going to do this and sort out my trauma. I was, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to start this cute little business. And then it blew yeah. up and, and then people were like, well, you know why you do this, right? And I'm like, no, I have no idea. And then I put all the pieces together. That so. gave me little goosebumps everywhere. Yeah, it's. It is so cool. And I was going to ask you that, you know, if this was something you were always aware of. Yeah, I started, I sort of worked as a, a personal assistant and I'd worked in offices and I'd been a bookkeeper. And so about 15 years ago, I started helping people, you know, oh, my grandma passed away and I've got to clean out her garage or my paperwork. And so I started doing these little jobs. And in the beginning, I wasn't even really charging. And then People were like, I got to pay you. And I'm like, okay. And then yeah. a friend of mine was the one who was said, he was like, you know, this is a business. And I was like, what? No, this is just what I do to help people. And then yeah, I, I made a website and I hung a little sign. And 15 years later, I have 10 employees and, you know, a six week waiting list. And we're just, and we love it. We love it. So I think that I took in the end, I think I was able to take, again, sort of my biggest psychic wound and watching my father struggle so much and I can't help him. So I think I wanted to help other people. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And I think that's so true in life. Just some of our biggest struggles can really lead when we get to this point in life and we go, oh, it all makes sense. It all led exactly. to this. Exactly. I think the biggest part of watching what my dad went through is that I have no judgment. I have such empathy for people who struggle with clutter. So many people I work with are like, well, I've always been told I was messy. And, you know, I was always being, you know, grounded for my room not being clean. And I, I just had such an innate empathy. Like, this is really hard for a lot of people. And it's not a failing on their part. Either they didn't learn how to be organized. They didn't know they had ADD. You know, there's all these factors. And to just kind of come down to like, you're a bad housekeeper and you're lazy is not the case. Oh, I love that so much. Something that I've been sharing with people is that I, I allow my kids to accumulate clutter versus having like the very minimalist room because I want them to have the experience with stuff rather than making them feel deprived so that they feel that need to, you know, the opposite will happen in their adult. Yeah. It's you funny. have kids, I, you kind of do the same. I don't, have, I don't have kids, but I have been in this conversation a lot. And the funny thing is I always, I joke about this. I grew up in the seventies. So my parents, especially my mom was very like granola and, you know, no fast food and no soda pop. And of course I went way the other direction. I've now gone back. I now eat like health that way because I was like, oh, I love this and this is healthy. Yeah. Um, and I do think that, I do think that when you deprive children, absolutely. I will say having witnessed it, I don't think it's ever too early to start the conversation with kids about being organized. Right. And and with kids, the really underlying messaging about being organized is that if you're organized, you can find what you're looking for. Yeah. That's why you're organized. You know, if you if if there's a constant conversation in the household, like, where's my, where's my, where's my? Yeah. It's like, look, if you put things away in the same place, then you'll know where to find them. So that to me is that giving that lesson to kids is setting them up for success, having them be accountable for their stuff, being responsible for their stuff. And I also think it's never too early to have the conversation about new toys come in 
maybe some old toys go out, you know? Absolutely. That's so funny that you say that my, my son lost his wallet and we just had the conversation of have a spot that you put it because mom's a scatterbrain too. I'm like, that's why I have the place for my keys and my sunglasses, because otherwise I can't find. And my daughter goes, well, sometimes your keys aren't in the spot. And I go, that's because your father moves them from my spot. It's not me. I have a system and it works. Yeah. And Renee, that's such a great conversation to have with him. Like that's such a real real time lesson. Like I'm going to help you find your wallet. Here's what I found works for me. Right. And then it empowers him. I, I love that. And when kids learn that my little seven year old eight, I guess she's eight now. She keeps a calendar. She just started to keep it. Nice. Like she loves it. She's like, let me write that on my calendar. And she likes to be able to go and see when ice skating lessons are. And you know, my, my brother and sister-in-law were like, we encourage it. Like yeah. she likes it. And I think with I think so many of us and so many people who clutter is an issue for were were punished for it, you know, punished as they were growing up and clean your room and you're going to be grounded. Yeah. And so I, I want to flip that conversation with kids. Like, look, I want you to be accountable for your own stuff. I want to give you autonomy and individualism and have the room. But also if you start losing your stuff because you're disorganized, this is why. So I right. think that that's the teachable, that's the teachable moment. Right, right. Absolutely. And that's what I've been trying to do that, but it feels so unconventional when I look around at a lot of the minimalist spaces. I remember when I was first starting simplifying and decluttering, the Pinterest feeds were filled with <laughs> white, perfect children's bedrooms. And I was like, that will never happen for me or I'll go crazy trying to attain it. And I just don't Look, want to. I'm going to let you in on a giant secret that no one's talking about that I can, I can tell you those absolutely perfect pantries, you know, those absolutely perfect pantries that you see on Pinterest with the label and the thing. I will tell you my clients that have those perfect pantries pay me to set it up and then have a person who weekly fixes it. So this idea of like, it's a full-time job, those perfect pantries. And if you want it great, but people aren't acknowledging like, they're not acknowledging that that just doesn't happen and stay that way, that it takes yeah. so much work. And look, if you want to do that work, right. knock yourself out. I don't, I'm not interested in like, for me, I'm like, I have my stuff in glass jars cause I want to see it, yeah. but I don't label them. I think people need to understand that in the same way, like minimalism is a lot of work. And that's you, you feel so much like high soul sister. This is me. <laughs> My pantry organization is get the box from Costco, rip off the edges and stick it in because then I can see it. I know what it is. And when it's done, it's recycled and out of my life. Cause I tried the organized pantry and yeah, like you said, it was just, if you want to spend your time doing that, it makes you feel good and put together great. You know, social media is amazing and I get to connect with so many people. I love it. I love it. But I also, I just want to scream sometimes and go like, do you know how much work that is? Like, do you oh. understand? I mean, I'm very lucky. I have 11, 10 people who work for me. When I want my closet made perfect, I call Jane. Yeah, I love. She works for me. She makes my closet look like Barney's. It's make. I'm oh. so. I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. I do a really good job of keeping it up. The rest of the time, I, I like it organized. I like how. But twice a year, I have her come in and do my closet. And I think people need to understand that to getting. I know. I know people are going to come at me for this. No, but that like the whole restocking videos, like the 
the moving things into other containers to look perfect in the fridge, the little <laughs> cheese balls and the things. I'm like, is that how you want to spend your time? Really? Oh my gosh. You're making me so excited because I'm like, you're reading my mind at every level. Those are fun to watch. I do love it because it makes you feel that kind of calm organization, but I've tried that and and it's just one more thing that I felt like I was failing at for so long until right. I got to that mindset of that's not important to me. Right. Which and that exactly. And, you know, and this goes back to my whole messaging back to my first book and my second yes. book, but you know, the whole thing is everyone asks all the time, how to be organized. I'm like, have less stuff. Yeah. That's the simplest thing. So when I see people buying all these plastic bins to put inside their fridge, to organize inside their fridge. I'm like, you're just making your life more complicated. You exactly. Know? <laughs> and that's what, like I said, I tried, I tried to be that person for so long and it just didn't work for me. And that's what I'm so, so thankful when I found your stuff, because it felt like I should have had you sooner on my journey. This is, the, <laughs> you know, this is the type of messaging that I was always looking for was was that kind of practical reasoning. So you said, you know, you tell people have less stuff. And my thought is always like, choose where you want your energy to go. When I saw your new book title, Make Space, make for, space happiness. for Happiness. Make Space for Happiness. <laughs> know, no, How to Stop Attracting Clutter and Start Magnetizing the Life That You Want. And I thought, oh my gosh, it did. It felt like, is she reading my mind? Because that just sounded like what I, the mission that I've been on. And, and I keep realizing yeah. more and more that this is where it can all lead to. So tell me about the book. Tell me about the book. Amazing. So the, I'm so excited. The book makes space for happiness. Um, it was born out of, so my first book, making space clutter free was, is based on the idea of what I call the seven emotional clutter blocks. So there are these stories that we've all invented and there are seven of them. And we all have the same stories about why we can't let go of the stuff we don't need, want, or use. So it's very like, I paid good money for it. My grandma gave it to me. You know, I might need it someday. There are sort of these tropes that we've all, why we can't declutter. Huge success. Everyone is like, I'm a clutter block, me. I'm a clutter block number three, avoiding my stuff. I don't like to open my mail. You know, and, and, and people were like, when people landed on these emotional stories, they were like, oh, it's not that I'm lazy. I'm like, exactly. We are, we are as humans, meaning making machines. So we've yeah. created all this meaning. So but we did great. We we're cruising along, pandemic hit. I started getting calls from all my clients. They're like, hi. So remember all that stuff we decluttered? Um, well, I bought it all again. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. When you, so I was going to ask, do you find that unless people are healing the emotional blocks, maybe that they're just yes. going to reaccumulate? Yep, exactly. And the other component was, and this is, I've been thinking this for a long time and I really saw it and I sat down to write this book. What I realized that no one is talking about is the acquisition cycle. No one's talking about how the clutter gets into our house. If you have ever wished that I could come to your house and help you declutter, then I have some really good news that you're not gonna wanna miss. I am now hosting live in-home declutter sessions and I am taking you with me. Virtual Declutter is a program that I started as a way to help you declutter alongside me from anywhere. During the two hour virtual declutter sessions, you can log in, no camera necessary, and I will give you my four step, super simple plan for clearing through clutter really fast. I am going to teach you how to clear little bits at a time, yielding the biggest possible results. 
And the best part is I will be working right alongside you while I clear through some clutter in each virtual declutter host's home. All you have to do is head to the show notes and pick a time that works for you. See you there. Right? Yeah. Everyone's like declutter, declutter, declutter. And right. Say, but right. how did all this stuff get Why in? is it like, here? Why? I'm like, because you brought it in. You are responsible. And what I realized is that we use shopping for all, to fill all these different pieces. So I actually called this, this book is based on what I call the clutter magnets. So okay. they're like these little, it's like, I see these little holes inside kind of our heart and our soul. And you're like, oh, I'll feel better if I go shopping. If I buy a bunch of stuff, I'll feel better because shopping gives us a dopamine hit. Yeah. Um, and what I talk about in the book is that the stuff and the shopping won't fix it. It just won't fix it. And oh. what we really want is human connection, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and so I did a big, big research on the science of happiness and kind of how to up your happiness. And at the end of the day, it's all the things we know, exercise, see friends, be grateful, yeah. be of service to other people. It's not the shopping. So I wanted with this book, Make Space for Happiness, I wanted people to understand that if you're trying to live a little decluttered life, a little less stuff, create more space in your life that you've got to, in addition to decluttering, you've got to look at what you're bringing into your home. Oh, I love that so much. And that's what I've been really open about. Again, this was something that I kept to myself for so long because it seemed so like nothing that anybody else was sharing was that I struggled with shopping constantly and was blown away by the huge response from other people who were going, oh my gosh, it's not just me. Um, no, it, and, and no one's talking about it. And because we've normalized, Renee, we've normalized that like retail yeah. therapy and shopping's going to fix everything. And in the book, Make Space for Happiness, I dive into the science of shopping, which is so fascinating that, you know, quick overview, basically we are engineered as hunters and gatherers. Right. So when we were tribal, we would go and find a pear tree and and our brain would reward us for finding the pear tree. So we get a bunch of dopamine and we go look yeah. for the next pear tree. Okay, we don't have to look for pear trees anymore. We just go to the Ralphs. Or the right, right. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. But we still get rewarded with that little hit of dopamine. So what we think is, oh, well, this buying this shirt on sale made me feel good. So buying this next shirt on sale will make me feel better. But like cookies and like that second or third glass of wine, yeah. it doesn't. So right. it stops working. You stop feeling better. We can't make the jump to realize we just keep thinking, I need to buy more. I need to buy more. I need to buy yeah. more. Yeah. It's and one more thing. Just one more thing. One more just thing. One more thing. Just one more thing. I, I had the most interesting thing, Renee, this woman said to me, I was at a speaking event and she stood up and she, and she was so brave. She was so brave. And she had a super stressful, like super stressful job raising small kids and aging parents. So she was like taking oh, care of like everything, just all of it. And she said, every day after work, I go to TJ Maxx and I buy myself something. And she said, and I have bags and bags and bags and bags in my house of TJ Maxx. And she said, and the way she said it, she goes, and just the click, click, click of the hangers on the rack, it starts to make me feel better. And I know that there are so many of us that do that. Like this one little purchase is going to make me feel better. And it does for a half a second. Yeah. But that's not where lasting happiness is going to come from. And I love that you're talking about this because we're all here and no one's saying anything. Yeah, no, and it's, it's quite literally half a second. 
And that's where I started to, I remember these times of like sinking into my closet with this bag of new stuff and just feeling awful. It was like, I didn't even make it. They didn't even make it out of the, the bags. Exactly. They don't make it out of the bags. Then all of a sudden you're, you have this like struggle of like, this was supposed to make me feel better, but yeah. it actually makes me feel worse because I really couldn't afford it. Or I put it on a credit card or we're saving for a family vacation. And, and, yeah. and so the thing that I want people to understand, and this is so important, and this is how in the first book and how I feel about clutter, I'm not saying be a minimalist. I'm not saying don't ever shop again. I like cute clothes. <laughs> I like, um, I'm not yeah. going to pretend I don't, I'm never going to not buy clothes again. But what I want people to do is to be aware and understand that shopping is not the fix and that things that you're looking for are going to come much simpler. When you can understand that, you get a handle on it and you're like, oh, right, I'm doing this. This is a great thing. I want to say this to your listeners. The first step with people I tell them is stop saying the word need. Oh, I need a new pair of jeans. I need a new pair of leggings. No, you don't. I haven't even yeah. been to your closet and I can tell you, you don't need a new pair <laughs> right. of jeans. You don't. Right. right. You want. So right. just say that. Just be honest with yourself. I want a new pair of jeans. Great. Can you afford them? Do you have room for them? All the things. But that simple step of being honest yeah. and saying, I want, it's so freeing. It's so freeing. That's really huge. Like I've heard that like wants and needs. I've heard that before, but the way you say it really, even just to be bold enough to say, this is something I want in my life. That was something scary for me to say in any way. And something I was thinking about today, whether it's, I'm, you know, I want a better house or I want a cleaner car. It feels wrong for us to want good quality, wonderful things or like abundant things in our lives. I think so often. Yeah. And, and I think that, I think that's why we bury it and oh, like, oh, I need, oh, we need a bigger house. It's like, you don't, you're just going to fill it up with stuff, but maybe you want one and that's okay. And I, I, and I really like just watching people make that shift is first of all, a bunch of the stuff that you thought you needed goes out of your head. You're like, Oh yeah, I haven't, I've forgotten about that. And then you, you gain, you create power. You take power over your buying and power over You're not sort of at the whim of it. You're like, Oh no, I'm in control. I want this. You know, I just bought something that was a treat and uh, you know, I have a book coming out and I treated myself and I was like, I really want this. Yeah. I can afford it. I really want it. Right. You know? and that's Do I what, need it? No. <laughs> but being able to still manage your things, that that's the really big yo-yo I went on was I was so angry at myself for all the accumulation I had done. So I went really minimal and then felt like I don't need stuff. I don't need stuff. But there was a part of me that was like, I really like that sweater. It's, you know, really. And then being able to say like, I do want quality clothes that make me feel good. You know, I do want a nice clean house, you know, things that like, feel comfy and cozy. I like fuzzy blankets. You know, I don't want a, an Ikea house, <laughs> like just the very. Yeah, I think that's true. And for me, that's a little bit of the, the, um, the flaw in the line of minimalist thinking, like there's kind of this austerity and it's like, okay, that works for some people. That's not me. I'm right. a professional declutterer and I like my stuff. Yeah. I like my stuff. I like my house to, I like to walk into my house and see things that I think are pretty. The thing is, has your house stopped working for you? That's the litmus test. Has your house stopped working for you? Is you, are you not having family dinners 
at the dining room table because it's so stacked up with stuff. Are you, is getting dressed in the morning super stressful because everything's in a laundry basket? You know, yeah. that's, that's the litmus test. Has your house stopped working for you? You're not wrong. You're not bad. You're not lazy. You know, yeah. that's, the, that's the thing. That's the thing. And if a minimalist house works for you, great. Yeah, absolutely. Great. I love that. That's, that's such a great question. Has your house stopped working for you? Because we, I went to that point where I start, started getting rid of stuff and I, we were trying to pay off debt. So I just was like trying to sell everything. We, we sold the kitchen table and my husband still makes fun of me. But I was like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But then we did, we lost that around the table connection. And I realized that's something that's really important to me. So we spent we spent $500 on a handcrafted table from someone local, you know, that was like amazing, exactly the table I wanted. It makes me so happy every time I see it. And to know that I'm giving back, you know, that kind of thing. That Isn't that we, great, Renee? Oh, Isn't that it was great so great. You made a thoughtful purchase. You're like somebody local handmade. It's the table that I want. Yes, right? Like exactly you did it <laughs> and then you, you use it. And it's like you said, it, that to me is, that is mindful buying, right? It's, right. It's, it checks off all these boxes. And then as a, you're like, and this is a thing that our family can use and yes. we can connect over meals. That is see it's like in a way I kind of love that you got rid of your kitchen table so it, it led me. you to this yeah <laughs> it led you to this thoughtful decision yeah a hundred percent and being the kind of person who like you were saying I was the bargain shopper I was at the pear tree going like well I better take all the pear you know yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah and it wasn't like it was like do you do you need the pears yeah it was like I don't even really want the pears but I can get them because they're on sale. So I'm going to take all this stuff home with me, that kind of thing. And that's a whole, you know, that's a thing. Like we, you know, people who are bargain shoppers, it's, it becomes their personality. Well, I got such a deal. I, you know, they lead with that. And I, I, I'll never forget young friend of mine, her best friend. So she was 15 at the time. It was so crazy. We were, I was shopping with these two young friends of mine and their mom and and I, there was this purse and I was like, it was on sale. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, oh my gosh, it's such a deal. And I said, you know, it's, um, it was $500, but it's down to $200. You know, I'm saving $300. And this 15 year old looked at me and she goes, well, actually you're spending 200. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, what? Called out. <laughs> you know, that you know, that we so focus on the sale price that we don't take into account. We're still spending money for me. Like it's if, if I were saving up for my kitchen table, say where I was like trying to get to that 500 and then if it was like somewhere I bought it from and they had a sale, like, oh my gosh, like I saved 500 and it's only 400 now, you know, that kind of thing, that mentality, like it was something I truly wanted, something I was working for. And now I'm able to get it cheaper. It's been so much work to switch to like, just because something's on sale doesn't mean I'm saving anything or getting anything versus like, if I've been working towards something I really want and it happens to go on sale, then like, hooray for me. Cause I knew I wanted that. I was working toward that. Well, and also I think there's so much stuff, Renee, that goes on sale that we buy just because it's on sale. And so some, yeah. you know, a lot of times it's like, would you buy this if it was full price or are you just buying it? Cause it's on sale. I, I bought everything cause it was just on sale. So, yeah. and then you're, then you're sort of, and then what happens when you start to add up that money that you're spending, you're like, well, I should have just bought the thing that I wanted. Right. Right. The thing I really full, wanted. Right. Because you start buying all this other stuff. I see it all the time with clothes. Like you buy, everybody buys all this stuff on set. Look, I've, me too. We've all been there. And you're yeah. like, actually I wanted, 
I just went through this. There was a blouse I want. I saw it. I was like, oh, I really want this blouse. All the other colors are on sale, except for the color that I want. <laughs> right? And I'm like, well, maybe I'll just buy the lavender one. I don't ever wear lavender. Maybe I'll just buy the gray one. I don't like gray. Like I kept, and I was like, no, you want the blue one. Yeah. So either buy it at full price because you will wear it or let it go. Don't buy the things around it because you don't want them. A hundred percent. I love that so much because I used to do the same thing. Of course, I, I would like <laughs> head down, bolt for the clearance section and maybe catch my eye of something that was full price, but I wouldn't even let myself like it or look at it and deprive myself of so many of the things that really would have probably brought me so much joy. Yeah. And then the other thing with the depriving yourself, like not that what happens is we kind of get resentful towards ourselves, and then you know, we sort of go the other direction. Like we feel like, well, I work really hard. I deserve this. And then we go, it's just, it gets so out of balance. It just gets so out of balance, you know, and I talk about this in the book so much, like making thoughtful, mindful purchases. Is this the thing that you want? Will it work for your family? Does it work in your house? Like, and a thing I tell people is for every, I think I say, I think 50, it might be a hundred dollars you know, that something costs, wait 24 hours before you buy it. That sounds great. Just think about it. Just think yeah. about it. Cause lots of times you put something in your cart or you'll do, and then, you know, you're like, oh, I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah. It's so hard to do. I had adopted, adapted to that impulsive purchase, just buy, 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 buy. So to stop felt just against my nature. It was so difficult, but I have found that really stopping and thinking and thinking, and then it, it made me feel more at peace and more excited to buy that thing because I'm so much happier when it comes into my house. Um, so, so much happier and you use it and you appreciate it. And you know that there's something about like when we get something on sale and we feel bad about it, like we kind of don't ever want it again. Like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the psychology is, but I found that with myself. Like I bought things on sale that I didn't really want. And then I'm like, just end up donating them. Cause I was like, Ugh, yeah. that was a bad, you know, it was a bad purchase. And, and I think that we really need to understand that we're going to want things that's we're human. We're going to want shiny, pretty objects. Yeah. And that's okay. That's really okay. So would you think, what would you say to someone who is like, because this was my struggle was like, it's okay to want stuff. And I right. thought I wanted everything that I bought in the moment. This is why when I saw the title of your new book, I was so excited <laughs> because I think once you declutter your space and kind of go through those emotional, you become aware of those emotional blockages that you have, you get a better sense of who you are and what is actually going to fill your life and what you actually want for your life. Exactly. And, and the other thing is I invite people in those shopping frenzies, in those moments of, you know, I, I want to shop, I want to buy. What else is going on? Are you fighting with your partner? Are you, did you get bad news at work? Like always when someone's in a shopping frenzy, they're trying to fix something. Yeah. And so I want to, and we talk in the book, Make Space for Happiness, we talk about those things. What are you missing? A perfect example, I see this with working parents, that they overbuy toys because they feel so guilty that they're working all the time. So they buy all these toys. And you know, what I invite them is the time that you spent buying these toys, your kids would rather spend the time with you. Yeah, it like could have been time well you know. spent. So I always say to people, like, if you find yourself in that shopping frenzy, what else is going on? Can you sit with the bad feelings for a little bit? What are you trying to run from? What are you trying? And it's no different than 
again, that next glass of wine or that third cookie. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, you know, what, what are you running from? And I address this in the book. What are you running from and how can you find it in a way that's not shopping? So that when you do go to buy, you're in a good settled place. Oh, that is so great. And I'm so excited to get my hands on the book. I feel like it's going to be a, just one of those pages. I know. I'm where... so excited. I, it's going to, you, it's going to speak to you on so many levels. And the other big thing, and Renee, I really want to say this, and, and this is, speaks to your experience and what people don't understand. And this is so important that it's not all our fault. We are being marketed to right. 24 hours a day. In the old days, when I was a kid, there were three TV channels. You knew the commercials were on at eight after and 18 after. You went to get a glass of water, you came back. It's everywhere. Really? <laughs> you know, it was, we had three channels. That's what it was. But now it's like at social media, everywhere you're being yeah. marketed to, and everywhere is telling you anti aging and da 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 da, and subscription boxes. And, you know, so some of it is not our fault. Some of it right. is we need to have media literacy and, and we have to understand and we need to make smart choices. I love beauty products. I love skincare. I love it. I do my research. I know right. what's important to me. Cruelty-free, clean ingredient. Like I, yes. I stopped. I impulse bought something recently because I was in a very fancy store and everyone's talking about this product. I hated it. Oh, I hated no. it because I didn't do my research. And if I'd done my research and if I'd read the reviews, I would have known I wouldn't have liked it. But I was like, oh, this is a pretty shiny bottle and this pretty lady's selling it to me. Okay. And I got home okay. and I was like, really? You know, so that's another thing that I want people to go easy on themselves and understand that you are being marketed to at all times. That's a, I really learned that when I started wanting to start making like an online business, you know, I was like, okay, let's, so I started reading marketing books and things just to learn. And it felt so icky and slimy so much of it, but it really helped me be able to spread a better message when it came to shopping and understand more. And I walk through the stores now and see like, you can see all the tactics at play. I joke, but we joke about this in my house all the time. Like we go to the grocery store and my partner will call me and he'll be like, oh, such and such is on sale. Such and such is on sale. And we always joke, like if everything's on sale, nothing's on sale. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And working yeah, in so retail, you think I would have caught on because I remember it was like every Tuesday or something, we would take down the old, like half off signs. And then it would be like, buy one, get one. Happy. It was like, <laughs> I realized like the signs, I'm like, the sale is the same every time, but we're just swapping it out. <laughs> I know. And look, we're going to buy things and it's, it's stores jobs. And we, you know, it's just a getting and, you know, an understanding and an understanding of the cycle. And, you know, especially things like fast fashion, you know, kind of understanding where does that $4 t-shirt come from and what is the effect it has on the planet and you wash yeah. it once and it loses its shape and you never wear it again. And, you know, it's just in the book, it's just, I really dive into the cycle of shopping um, and, and all with the point of view to not make people feel bad, but to help people understand so they have the information and can make better choices. Oh, absolutely. I love that. And I'm so excited to dive into it. So if you could summarize the book, because I know we've talked a little bit about shopping and, you know, talking about, you know, making room for happiness, I guess, how would you summarize it if you could? I would say that it's the first book to look at the upstream cause of clutter. So as opposed to focusing on decluttering, just decluttering and letting go, 
I'm talking about how all this clutter gets into your house and looking at our part in it, other people's part in it. You know, a big thing I talk about in the book, and this is a big topic on social media. Like, oh my, you know, my mom buys me stuff I don't, you know, grown, grown up saying this. My mother yeah. keeps buying me things I don't want. And she gets mad at me when I say I don't want it. And like, you know, yeah. Renee is like, oh, I'm there. I understand. My mom has accepted. She's like, I know you don't want anything. Like, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for figuring it out. But right. And, but understanding that those moments for shopping for your mom, those are about something she's trying to fill in herself. Oh, absolutely. You know, and so giving people some compassion to understand like, you know what? Grandma's shopping a lot lately. Like maybe we need to go visit her. Maybe that's what we need to take her out to lunch. Like Aww. she's bringing over a bunch of stuff. Like what, you know, what does she need? So it's really about, the book is really looking at the acquisition cycle, kind of what's going on inside of us that we want to fill it with the stuff and just learning how to make mindful, better choices. I mean, I love Renee. I love your story about the kitchen table, right? You needed a thing. You got the thing you wanted it's handmade. It's a local craftsman. It's all these things. And now it's a huge part of your family. Like that's yeah. such an amazing positive and that that's the messaging throughout the whole book. I'm not saying don't shop. I'm just saying, yeah. can you be mindful of it? And is there something else going on that you're trying to fix? Oh, I love that. That just warms my whole heart and soul. Yay! I'm so excited. I'm going to devour the book for sure. Um, and I'm so glad we got to sit down and chat and get to know one another a little bit better because I love it. I love connecting on this and I love meeting people like you who are at this point in their journey and, you know, kind of going from one extreme to the other and then finding the balance. The, What's balance. the balance. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on the unstuffed podcast today. And don't think that the party ends here. You can always check the show notes for the latest goodies and freebies that are always available to you. And don't forget, I love hearing from you guys. If you are enjoying the Unstuffed podcast, it would mean so much to me if you would take the time to leave a review so that I can hear from you too. Until next time, take a deep breath, let go of anything that has been slowing you down, and I will see you here next week.